everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading Numbers 34. And the question is, what can we learn about the boundaries God sets? As a fifth grader, I used to get to roam the streets of my neighborhood with my friend Brittany. And the best part about hanging out with Brittany was that she had an electric scooter. And since we were tiny fifth graders, we were both able to ride on it together at the same time, which was amazing. And we felt like we had so much freedom and honestly thought we were so grown up, like driving, uh, we thought, all over the neighborhood on that scooter. But our parents set boundaries. We were never allowed to leave the neighborhood. And here in Numbers 34, we're seeing the Lord lay out the boundaries for the people of Israel. We read in verse 2, Give these instructions to the Israelites. When you come into the land of Canaan, which I am giving you as your special possession, these will be the boundaries. And for starters, though, we've got to understand what Canaan is. In the 15th century, Canaan was a widely recognized geographic region. Historians have primarily learned about Canaan through Egyptian texts, so we know at some point in time, Canaan was likely under Egyptian control. It was a real place. It had real rulers, and those rulers changed. Now, extra-biblical works, that's historical texts outside of the Bible, they don't lay out Canaan's boundaries as specifically as the Bible does, but generally— Historical texts describe Canaan with the same boundary. So all that said, we've got to remember that Canaan was and is a very real place. It just might have had different names throughout history. And it can be easy to think of it as this make-believe land from the past, but it truly is a very real and tangible region of land. And God told Israel he was giving them Canaan, this very real place as a special possession. The NIV, it reads that the land would be allotted to Israel as an inheritance. And this raises an interesting question. If the land God was giving Israel was a gift, an inheritance, why did they have to conquer the land? That seems like a lot of work, like they'd be earning it. And one commentator puts it like this. Israel had to take control of the land of Canaan by conquest. They would have to drive out the inhabitants, the people who are already living there, to take possession. Yet, They should never believe that the land was given to them because they earned it. It was given to them by God as an inheritance. Inheritances are freely given, not earned. So why would God give them land that was already occupied? The commentator continues with three reasons why God detailed the boundaries of Canaan for Israel as they were. Number one, to direct and bound them in their wars and conquests, that they might not seek the enlargement of their empire after the manner of other nations, but be contented with their own portion. To put that in my own words, worldly thought would say grow and conquer and grow and conquer and grow and conquer and get as big or as large as you possibly can. However, God did not intend for Israel to look like the rest of the nations. Then there's reason number two to encourage them in their attempt upon Canaan and assure them of their success, and three, to guide them in the approaching distribution of the land. The commentator concludes by saying, it is God that assigns our quarters and cuts us out our several conditions, appointing the bounds of our habitation. That's actually Acts 17, 26, which reads, from one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. That's Acts 17, 26. 
This should make us rest content with our lot, what God has entrusted us with, and having God our portion say howsoever as David did, the lines are fallen to me in pleasant places, Psalm 16, 6. It is what our Father sees fit for us, he concludes. There's this principle on display in Numbers 34 that teaches us that we don't need any more or any less than what God has given us. The Israelites were given a southern boundary in verses 3 through 5. Uh, It's also known as Scorpion Pass. So this was most likely some sort of landmark in the desert. And then the Brook of Egypt, which some scholars believe the Brook of Egypt describes a branch of the Nile River. So again, the southern boundary, we have to remember it's a real place. The western border was the Mediterranean Sea. That's verse 6, pretty self-explanatory. And then there's the northern border in verses 7 through 9. Now, when it comes to the northern border, it's a little less clear where the landmarks fall, but most scholars agree they fall much further north than modern-day Israel. And in verses 10 through 12, we get the eastern border, and we know it ends, or it can be traced all the way down uh, to the Salt Sea, which today we know as the Dead Sea. Again, it's a very real place. In verse 13, we read, Moses commanded the people of Israel, saying, This is the land that you shall inherit by lot, which the Lord has commanded to give to the nine tribes and to the half-tribe. Essentially, what's happening is that the land is being divided amongst the tribes, and, and one commentator puts it like this. This was the land God promised to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the children of Jacob. It was to be divided by lot, think along the lines of a coin flip, guided by God's providential hand according to the general principle that the larger tribes received a larger inheritance. Nevertheless, Canaan, as defined here, is a much larger area than Israel ever settled. David controlled most of Canaan and much of Transjordan as well, but the land defined here does not correspond to Israel's actual boundaries at any time in history. The commentator concludes, Now, let's talk about the reality of allocating the land to tribes by lot, or what may have felt like chance, even though God was in control. The commentator continues, They were called to possess it by lot, that each might be satisfied with his possession, as considering it to be appointed to him by the especial providence of God, and its boundaries were ascertained on divine authority, to prevent— to prevent, this was the purpose— all covetousness after the territories of others— This was a wonderful and prosperous land. But in comparison with other places in the world, there was much it did not have. And God expected his people to be content with what he allotted to them. As Canaan had neither gold nor silver, neither coal nor iron, as its seaboard was not well supplied with harbors, nor its rivers and lakes of great use for inland navigation, so we may say the life open to the Christian has its limitations and disabilities, the commentator concludes. And this begs the question, like, how do you feel about the boundaries, quote-unquote, that God has set for you in your life? Do you wish you had a bigger house, lived in a different neighborhood, had a different relationship status, easier life, more of whatever? For me personally, I wish I could go more. I wish my body needed less sleep. I wish I didn't get tired and could just go, go, go. But I am bound by limits. The description of the 
definite land with definite boundaries to be divided under the leadership of definite men emphasizes the real nature of God's promises. As another commentator says, there is a spiritual aspect of these promises and this inheritance. But for ancient Israel on the plains of Moab, These were plain and literal promises. They were clear. The description of the boundaries of the land reminds us not only of our inheritance, but also of our borders, our limits. We may expect to be blameless, but not faultless till he presents himself to us. Until Jesus comes back, we are to be delivered from temptation, but not freed from its assaults. We're to be kept in perfect peace, but not secured from the pressure of adversity. We're to be dead to sin and self, but not daring to say that either is dead within us. To be delivered from this present evil world as to spirit and temper, though called to inhabit it as salt and light. It's beautifully said, take possession of every inch of God-given territory in Jesus, but beware of going beyond it. It's so good. Take possession of every inch of God-given territory in Jesus, but beware of going beyond it. What limits or boundaries has God set before us, and where or when are we tempted to try to reach beyond them? I'll say that again. What limits or boundaries has God set before us, and where or when are we tempted to try to reach beyond them? That's all we've got time for today, but thank you all so much for sharing to social media and tagging Watermark. It truly, truly helps us reach more people with the Word of God. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.